So if you would, go ahead and be turning with me to the book of Colossians. We're going to be looking in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 today. Um, I would like to say that this is going to be a speedy one, that this is going to be a short one, but every time it seems that I make that claim, it almost never works out. That is my intention. We're, we're uh, not going to be diving deep into a lot of what we're going to be spending weeks and weeks and weeks on in the future. Um, but I want to kind of give you an idea of where I hope to lead us uh, over the next... Uh, like I say, I don't have an end in sight for this. I feel like the Spirit will um, make that clear when that time comes. Um, but my prayer in this is that we would be encouraged encouraged um, in a way that we would run more faithfully, um, more diligently, um, that we would finish the race well that God has set before us. So um, kind of a little intro into how this study has come to be. Um, I, for the longest time, if you had asked me if I was going to volunteer to preach on Wednesday nights, um, when Wednesday nights might very well be one of the hardest days to prep for, I would have been like, no, no, and no. Uh, thanks, let somebody else do it. Uh, but the Lord changed my mind on that several um, weeks back, um, a couple of months at this point. Um, and in doing so, he's led me uh, into... A subject that, unfortunately, we don't spend enough time digging into. Um, we're going to be talking about heaven. Um, and uh, if I rewind a little bit, um, we would get back to Christmas of last year in a sermon that I preached um, on heaven, this is what heaven looks like. And in that sermon, we looked at Christ and we walked through the book of Luke, uh, like looking diligently at the small details about Christ to try to get an idea about looking at him. What can we extract and know about our hope for heaven? And that sermon came about because uh, in November of last year, uh, my daughter uh, made a particular comment at the dinner table uh, that stuck with me in a way that um, it has been the seed that has been uh, kind of germinating and growing in my heart and mind that's led to this sermon. And uh, the statement that she said, um, she had been thinking about death a lot and thinking particularly, I think, about like there's that there's that time when when we realize as young people that uh, this life is short and that the the people that we love um, will one day not be here. And that uh, the way that time tends to happen is that that's going to be our parents. And she had come to that realization and it was scary for her. And the thing that she said was, uh, I'm afraid because I don't know what heaven looks like. And I would dare to say that if I were to probe and prod at any one of you and ask you for details about, about what heaven looks like, you might have a hard time 
doing it. You might have a very hard time doing it. That is an unfortunate thing, church. That the hope set before us an eternity with our God and Savior in heaven with Him that we would have a hard time picturing it in our minds. And that has kind of been eating at me for the last several months. Um, And then another thing that kind of triggered this is recently we've had uh, the church directory um, that has come out and um, if you would look at the uh, in memory page here um, and just kind of sit and look at the faces there. Now, I find myself in, in that middle age of life uh, and I look at the faces that I see uh, on this page and I think to myself, when I was young, like my daughter's age, like the age of the youth, um, I remember all of these faces and more who are no longer with us, who have gone on to be with the Lord in heaven in this place that we would have a hard time describing if you pressed us on it. And the reason I say that is I believe that it's true. And we're going to look um, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, really quickly. And then I'm going to ask you to do a few thought experiments with me uh, to kind of prove this point out. All right? So uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand. Set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden in, or hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Set your mind where, church? On things above? What, what are those things above? Can you, can you give me the name of the place of that you're supposed to be setting your mind towards? Anybody? We call it heaven. The place where God is manifested most fully. Now, if we're good theologians, we know that God is in all places fully and completely. He is omnipresent, but He chooses to display His glory in heaven in a very special and specific way. And throughout Scriptures, this is not the only place, but throughout Scriptures, we as believers are called to shift our eyes towards this place. Now, here's what we do. Here's what we do. When we think about things of heaven, the tendency that we have is to over-spiritualize those things or only spiritualize those things. Right? Like everything that we think about when we think of heaven is only a spiritual thing. Right? Am I wrong in that? 
things that we would tend to think about, think qualities, traits, attributes that we would think about when we're looking at a text like this would be like the fruit of the Spirit. We know what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These spiritual qualities. Now, I want you to do something for me. Okay? We're going to do a thought experiment. We're going to use our minds and we're going to consider things. We're going to work through these things. These spiritual realities. Love. I doubt that you can picture love in your mind without people there. Can you? <laughs> this is good because we're going to touch on we're going to touch on this along the way. Animals, pets, right? You love a thing, right? You love someone. Love is not just this hyper spiritualized thing. It has a direction. It point to, points towards something. When you think about joy, what do you think about? What do you think about when you think about joy? Laughing. Happiness. Laughing. laughing. Now, laughing is a very physical thing that we do. It requires a body. It requires air. It probably requires a good joke or circumstance. Right? Peace. Describe peace to me. Heaven. Heaven. Not a lot of children <laughs> coming from the children. I love it. <laughs> peace. If I paint, a, I could paint a picture of peace for you. You're sitting on a quiet beach somewhere, seagulls in the air, the sun shining perfectly, the temperature is just right, the waves crashing on the seashore, and you feel what? Peace. Joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We could go through this list again and again and again, and you're going to find a you're going to find it extremely hard to describe to me these spiritual things without looking at things that are earthly. When I say tell me what tell me love without people, and you say dog, I love my dog, we're pointing at something where that we know that we understand, that we think about, that we consider. But what does this Scripture say? Then if you have been raised, from, been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on what? On earth. And then we, in our, with our tendency to hyper-spiritualize, don't often read there those earthly things. We, we read in as though the things that we see and know around us are not the shadows of the things that we will see when we step foot into heaven. Right? We treat it as though earth was the inventor of such realities. When what Scripture's telling us here is that this is passing away and we should be putting our eyes and focus 
on the thing that will come in to light for us. So this is what we're going to attempt to do over the next several weeks. Um, I've got a list of questions, and I'll, I'll read those at the end. Um, and then if you have any more to add to it, feel free to add to it, and we will continue until we have a clear view of what heaven looks like or until we can't think of any other questions to ask about it. Um, we will, I want to talk a, a bit about the approach that we're going to take to this, like to, to achieve this. Um, if you've heard me preach, and most of you have, um, and if you've heard me preach on the resurrected Christ, and most of you have, I have a very specific approach that I'll take with that and looking at Christ and and looking at the fine details of what we can see in Scripture about Christ, and then asking questions about how does that apply towards us and our resurrected body. We're going to be taking the same approach when it comes to thinking about heaven more broadly, is that we're going to look at Scripture, we're going to take the text, we're going to think and reason about the text, and then we're going to let the text guard us from going too far to the left and to the right. I, uh, the phrase that I've put around this is I want us to use our imagination with Scripture as our guide and our guardrails. So Scripture is going to guide us in the direction that we are to think, and Scripture is going to, going to provide the guardrails that says, nope, you can't go here, nope, you can't go there. But anywhere in there that we can use our imagination where the Scripture doesn't say don't step here, we're going to try to step. Because we're going to try to build our mind in our mind a view of the hope that we have that causes us to think less about what we might miss out on here as we serve Christ. What we might miss out on as here's here's the thing that I that I, I think about like when I think about um, kind of where I am in life, kind of in this middle road, and, and why I think that God has. Um, on, on purpose, uh, made it for the, the time that it is, um, is that I believe, as I've served here, and I've seen so many of uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ step forward into uh, that uh, intermediate heaven prior to the resurrection, I think there are some that are, that are inching up on that now, and many of you, uh, including my father, uh, have brothers and sisters that um, have crossed that threshold now. Um, and I want to do the best that God, that I can do to encourage you as you find yourselves in that later stage, that you might be encouraged to continue running this race. And, and I want to build up something for those that are behind me, for my children, that they can think on and consider as they find themselves running this race, swimming in these deep waters, that they would have a clear view of the finish line, a clear view of the shoreline of heaven so that uh, when those days get dark, when it gets heavy, when it gets exhausting, when we want to quit, that we will have our minds fixed uh, on that hope 
and that that hope will become more and more clear for us, not less and less. That it will be the thing that we see more and more clearly as we walk through this world, not less and less clearly, or not, not at all. Not We can't even for the life of us imagine what it might be like. So I want to invite you over the next um, several weeks, months, however long that this takes to um, embrace a childlike imagination with me so that we can imagine what heaven might be like and look at Scripture to get our hope for this, not just like what our imaginations might dream up, but what Scripture points us towards. I pray that He would grant that to us, that He would give us that childlike imagination. And I pray for the young people. Um, I pray that y'all would never lose that. Right? Like, that when you come into Mount Carmel and you hear the Word preached, that we would be encouraging you um, through the Scriptures towards a hope that is greater than all this world could attempt to offer you. Such that you would live your lives with absolute abandon. Because the call of the gospel is one that is a call to death, following after Christ, and that there is that thing in your mind when you're young that says heaven's going to look like what you're in right now, right? Like when we picture what heaven looks like, unfortunately, oftentimes, we picture some old guy with a monotone voice talking and droning on and on and on and on. Listen, they don't want to sit here for hours, do we? We don't want to sit here for hours. And this is not me blaming you for not wanting to sit and listen to some guy be boring for hours. But this is a a symptom because when we think of heaven more often than not, we think of this. We think of this. And I want to start shifting our minds so that we think about what it looks like when the preacher says the last amen. And the children are playing freely, right? Because I hope to paint a picture to you that looks more like that than like this. Okay? It's going to require us to use our imaginations. It's going to require us to spend time diligently in God's Word. But I think that it's critically important for us. I want to read for you. Um, a historical event, and um, I'm going to pull up Wikipedia right here. Uh, and if you want to look up this person's name, um, Florence Chadwick is the name of this uh, lady, and she was a swimmer, an open, uh, like open water swimmer. And there's a particular event in her life that I think provides an excellent illustration to the importance of being able to see the finish line. So I'm just going to read from Wikipedia. Um, so again, if, if you wanted to, to fact check on this, 
Um, I encourage that. Florence Chadwick is the name of the lady. Um, and I'm also not saying that Wikipedia is without fault either. <laughs> um, so this is uh, this is 2023. If someone's listening to the podcast and the Wikipedia doesn't say the exact same thing later, I apologize. Um, in 1952, Florence attempted to swim 26 miles between Catalina Island, which is off the coast of California, and the California coastline. As she began, she was flanked by small boats that watched for sharks. And if you read the accounts, there were in fact sharks and sharks were shot along the way. Um, and they were prepared to help her if she got hurt or if she grew tired along this long 26 mile swim. After about 15 hours into the swim, so can any of you imagine swimming for 15 miles in the open ocean and they are shooting at sharks to keep them from eating you? This is the life that she was living in this moment. Um, After about 15 hours doing this, a thick fog set in. Florence began to doubt her ability and she told her mother, who was who was in one of the boats beside her, that she didn't think that she would be able to make it. Now, her mother here, if you read certain accounts, tells her, listen, you are close. Keep pressing on. So she does. She swims for about another hour and then uh, asks to be pulled out, unable to see the coastline due to the fog. As she sat on the boat, she found out that she'd stopped swimming just one mile away from her destination. So 25 miles in, 16 hours in, she was exhausted. She was tired. She did not have any idea how much more she was going to have to work. Even with the encouragement of those who were near her, who loved her, telling her, you are close, keep pushing on, she was exhausted. As you and I would all be if we had been swimming for 16 hours, 25 miles against the sea. She couldn't see the finish line. And um, again, if you were to read some of the accounts regarding this, uh, when interviewed by some of the reporters there, um, she was said to have said, um, if I could have only seen the shore, I'm certain that I would have finished. And two months later, she did. She said, so two months later, she tried again, the same Here's what's crazy, and this is oftentimes how it, how it goes in life for us, I think. Uh, so so um, she didn't have a bright and sunny day that day either. So her next attempt here, uh, the same fog came in, but this time she succeeded in reaching Catalina. She said that she kept the mental image of the shoreline in her mind while she swam. Later on, she swam that same channel again and again with the same mentality, the same envisioning of the shoreline, knowing that it was there. Now, we find ourselves at different places in life. Some of you farther along than I, And then I find myself farther along 
than some of you. Some of you may be just now wading into these waters, and some of you have been swimming in these deep waters for years. Swimming, sometimes with the current, sometimes against the current. Sometimes you may want to quit because the fog has set in so thick that you are at the end of yourself and ready to lose hope. My hope in this study is that together we can build up a mental and spiritual picture of that shoreline that is before each and every one of us so that whether, you're, whether or not if you're close indeed or whether or not you are just now entering into the waters that you will have a clear picture of the hope that is before you. This is not to say that it's not going to be cold. This is not to say that there will not be shark infested waters. But like her mother calling out from the ship, you are so close, just press on. That we would know what the shoreline looks like. That we would be able to encourage one another in this. Over the next several weeks, months, years, however long it takes us to get through this, uh, that is my hope, that we will be able to paint a clearer and clearer picture here. So, it's 7.04 now. Um, We will look at some of the questions that I have uh, set out as questions that we will be be answering one at a time, um, one by one, not avoiding any difficult question, but Uh, using our imaginations and uh, diving in. So uh, I began um, compiling this list, um, and my kids and my wife have assisted me in this as well. Um, If I go through this list and you have a question about heaven that uh, is not on this, um, let me know. I'll add it. I'll, I'll update what I've got. But... Um, I've got a pretty big list here, um, and I'm hopeful that um, as we push through it, we will, we will gain a clearer and clearer picture of the hope that's set before us. That way, we will be able to press on when those times are tough, that we can do what this Scripture calls us to, that we can seek the things that are above, that we can set our minds on the things that are above My hope as well as we paint this picture of this hope that we have for heaven is to dispel these false ideas that we have about a heaven that looks a lot like what we're doing right now. Um, I will say to you that if you think about a heaven that looks like a church service like this, if that is the extent of your view of heaven then you are lacking in a major way. Um, You desire much in your hearts. And this is why oftentimes when we think about heaven, we would just rather stay here. Because the truth is, is that we think that it's better here. I hope as we press on through this, that that idea will be 
uh, forever and always put behind us because there will be nothing that we might think that we would miss here that is worth missing that we will truly miss out on in heaven. So, some of the questions. I'm just going to go through them one by one here. And then when I get done, we will pray um, and we will dismiss. So, heaven. Is heaven beyond our imagination? And, and again, so like when I was going through this with... With my kids earlier, Caroline was trying to answer every single one of them along the way. I'm not asking you to answer these questions today. If it was that easy, then we would just answer them today, and I wouldn't be saying weeks and months or maybe years, okay? So I don't anticipate that any of these are easy things to, easy questions to ask or answer. So I'm just putting them out there so that you, if you have questions that are not here, can give them to me so that we can include them in this list. So is heaven beyond our imagination? Another question, will everyone end up in heaven? (laughs) How about eventually? Maybe eventually. I'll go ahead and say, like Caroline, no. But um, it's a question worth asking because there are many within the church who... Um, well, um, when I say many within the church, I'll say there are there are many who have um, accepted a view known as universalism because it's an easy out to just say everybody gets there eventually, but it throws out the importance of the work of Christ in doing so. So um, we'll say no there, but we'll dig into that more uh, coming up. So if everyone doesn't go to heaven, how can we be happy? If someone we love doesn't go to heaven. Is it possible to know and be confident that you're going to heaven? Is there a difference between heaven now and heaven after the resurrection? I'm going to start calling heaven now intermediate heaven um, in the questions that come up. So is the intermediate heaven, that is the heaven that is now, like if you die now as a believer and you go to be with the Lord in heaven, if you were in that place, is it a physical place? What is life like for those in the intermediate heaven? Like when I look at this, and I look at the faces, and I think about, My friends that are in heaven now, what's life like for them? What is it like? What do they do on a daily basis? Do they do anything on a daily basis? Are those who are in heaven now aware of what is happening on earth now? It's another question that we'll look at. Now, if those who are in heaven are aware of what's happening on earth, Could they be truly happy and full of joy knowing that evil exists here and now? Now, if I thought that was an easy answer, it wouldn't be on the list. If those in heaven are aware of... I'll just ask that one. Keep your place, Landon. 
Why is it said that this world is not our home, this world or this earth? Why do we say that? Why do, why do you hear people say that? Where does that come from? Um, is it true? Uh, why do we have a vision of the future that looks like the old hymn, I'll fly away? Why is that the hope that's so often put forward? How does the redemption story apply to all of God's creation? Uh, what is this curse that the Bible speaks of? And what would it mean if it were lifted? What is resurrection and why do we make such a big deal over that? Why is it so important? Why do we say that creation itself awaits our resurrection? What does that mean? What will the end look like? Like, What's it going to look like when this whole thing finishes up on this side? Right, like that one's a big one. We that one may actually end up turning into a um, study on the Book of Revelation at some point. So um, we'll, we'll see. But that's a that's a big one. Uh, will this current Earth or this current creation be res- be destroyed, or will it be renewed? Will there be anything familiar about the new heaven and earth? Like, will we step into that place and be like? Never seen any of this before. Don't know how that works. Or will we look and be like, oh, look, there's a dog. I love those. <laughs> like, like, will it all be completely new or will there be anything familiar there? Uh, will we actually see God? Like, will we, what do we mean by see God? Will we put our eyes on him? Is this some hyper-spiritualized thing that we say? What do we mean by that? Will God actually live with us? What does that mean? Uh, will we have church services or worship services in heaven? Will we do anything that looks like this there? Um, and then the next one. Um, will heaven be like a long, long eternal church service? <laughs> That's the one that we're all like, Lord, I hope you're not preaching, Landon. <laughs> It's not that one, right? So, like, does it look like a long church service? Here's the thing. I think a lot of us think that it does. Why do I think that? It's that for some reason, um, that's what I thought that it was for a long time, for a long time. And I'm going to be honest with you, as much as I love Jesus, um, I, I felt very unholy in saying that I don't know that I would enjoy a long church service, even if it was Jesus, right? Like, I was just like, I don't know that that sounds appealing, okay? So, um, if you think long church services are, then I'm with you. (laughs) That's going to be misquoted. That's going to be what is the kingdom of God? Will it be real? Will it, like, will it be a real place? Or is this just a spiritualized idea that we throw around? Will we truly rule with Christ? Now, some of these we're going to think, I want us to think, like when we get there, really deeply about them. So I have some like follow-up questions along the way. So like um, the scripture, does it say that we'll rule with Christ? Um, if so, what will we rule over and how does that organization work? Like, are there ranks? Is there, like, someone that's above me, someone that's the boss? Is it Christ only? And then super flat organizational structure after that? Like, what does that ruling look like? 
Um, will the new earth be like Eden? Or will it be paradise? Uh, what is the new Jerusalem? Is it just a spiritualized idea? You'll see this a lot, like me asking this question. Like, are these things that we see just spiritualized ideas? Like, is this some like vaporware in our minds? Or are these real physical things? Like, is the new Jerusalem an actual real city? And if it is, think about this for a second. What is in a city? What's in a city? Like when you go to a city, what do you expect to see there? Like, are you going to go to a store in heaven? Because if you go to a city, there's going to be stores. There's going to be shops in that city. Is, is this a spiritualized over-exaggeration? Or are there going to be people there in shops? And if there are people there in shops, is it an automated checkout system? Or is there someone working there? Right? Like, <laughs> some of you are like, I sure hope I don't have to work at the Belk in heaven. <laughs> um, there may be somebody that loves working at Belk and wants to work at the heavenly version of that. So, um, what is that? Like, is it anything like the cities that we know? Will there be space and time there? Like, what do I mean by that? Like, you've been sitting here for an amount of time and you take up a certain amount of space. Is it going to. Be it all like that in heaven? Uh, will there be a sun, a moon, stars, oceans, weather, different climates? Like, will you be able to, like, go to one place and it be, like, warm in the beach, but then go to another place and it's snowy in the mountains? And is there a shop there where you can rent skis? Like, what does it look like? Like, what does this new creation look like? <laughs> right? It's going to be 72 degrees. <laughs> if there's, if it's not different climates in different places, it's going to be 72 degrees. Because I asked the Lord and He, he loves me. <laughs> will, will I be myself? Will I remember who I am? Will I remember others? Will others remember me? Well, we think about this life in the next. I think these are important questions. I think the way that we answer these questions are important to the way that we will dedicate our lives looking towards seeking after what is above. What will our heavenly what will our bodies be like in heaven? Um, and Mary Corinne, as I was um, asked this one, she was like, what age will we be? I mean, um, I think what she meant was what age will we look, right? Or perhaps what age will we be? Will age just like restart? Or will like my birth date here actually count all the way into eternity? And I will always be a certain number of days old, right? Like how does, how does that work? Will we always look young? A part of this question as well, like what of babies who died young? Will they be young when we see them there? Will we eat and drink in heaven? If so, what does that imply? What would it mean to eat and drink in heaven? And a way that I think about this is if I fail to eat now, what happens to me? I die. Okay? What about in a place where you can't die? 
How does that work? I eat here for fuel and energy. Does it work the same way? Does that new body require fuel and energy? Uh, when I put this one out there, Isaac was like, uh, will you get fat in heaven? <laughs> and everybody wants to think that they're just going to have like six-pack abs in heaven. Um, we'll see. Probably not. <laughs> and then a follow-up question to that that Isaac had was, can you lose weight in heaven? <laughs> I guess if you get a little thick, you can, <laughs> you know, dial it back. <laughs> dial it back and get, we'll see. Well, this is, these are going to be things that we, that we look at in the coming weeks. Uh, will sinning be possible? Like, will it be possible to sin? Um, this is a this is a good question. I think we all say no. I don't think that we all necessarily have a good answer to the follow-up to that, which is how. Because I ask you, what's going to be different between now and then? And I ask you now, do you love Jesus? And are you not going to love Him then? Like, what's the difference between why it is that you sin now, but that you think that you won't then? Um, what is the difference? What makes the difference if we don't sin in heaven? These are going to be some things that we look at. What will we know? Will we learn things over time? Will we know everything? Will we be able to forget things? And what does memory look like there? What will our day-to-day lives be like? Will we work? Will we play? Will, will we sit on a, a clown and like, play a harp? You know, like, what are we going to do every day? What is, what's that, what's that going to look like for us? These are going to be some questions that we ask there. Um, here's another one. This one's an interesting one. Because I think oftentimes as church people, we, have hard, we would have a hard time answering this in a different way because we wouldn't feel spiritual if we answered it in a certain way. Will we, desire, will we only desire a relationship with God or will we also desire to spend time with others in heaven? All right. And a follow up to that. Would it be wrong to want to hang out with an old friend? Example. We're in heaven. This is long time from now. Um, Dustin's view of heaven has come true and there are T-Rexes that can be ridden in heaven. And Dustin's like, Landon, we need to go saddle up on some T-Rexes. And we're like, Jesus, let's go saddle up on some T-Rexes. And he's like, no, me and Corey's going fishing. Okay. Is it okay for me and Dustin to go ride the T-Rexes while Corey and Jesus go fishing? Do I not love Jesus because I didn't want to go fishing? Right. You see how that would work out in some of our minds like you should only ever want to be with Jesus and heaven's going to be a big church service. Because that's what we that's that's the like end of that, because nobody wants to go anywhere else except for. Right. So like. So is it going to be wrong if you want to go and have if there's food dinner with an old friend? And here's another one. Um, Will there be marriage, families, friendships, community, culture in heaven? Um, Will there be attraction and romantic relationships? These are going to be questions that we answer along the way. How will we relate to each other? Uh, Who will we meet there? Angels? Saints? Um, Like... Legit cowboys. Like when I think about this, like this is where where I think about I think about there are people that if heaven looked like it looked exactly like we experience the world now, 
They're going to be in a culture shock because they're, they're going to be like, what is this thing that I put in to turn the key and then it's got four of these round things and I can roll down the road because the way that we get around is on horseback. So like, are we going to run into people from different walks of life that prefer different ways of experiencing eternity? Like, what will, what will that look like? Um, some people might like fast horses. Some people might like fast cars. Um, if the Lord holds off from coming back, there may be spaceships and people may be wanting to ride around in spaceships instead of Teslas. Like, um, what kind of people are we going to meet? Um, and what kind of experiences? Will there be government there? Will there be society there? Will there be nations there? Will there be animals there? Wild animals? Perhaps new kinds of animals? Perhaps extinct animals? That's the T-Rex scenario that Dustin's looking for, is that T-Rexes will come back, maybe dinosaurs. Um, Then when I think about this, I think, will lions be hungry for flesh? There. Like, what do lions eat? They're meat eaters. If Ashley was out in the, if she was out in the savanna and a lion was out there and she had no way to defend herself, a lion's gonna find you tasty. You know, it's like. So if there's lions there, if we were to come to that conclusion at some point along the way, what does that look like? Are they now just eating grass? And then the question comes for us, like if there's no death there, what, what kind of meat will we eat? Um, so that's going to be something that we um, ask along the way. Will our old pets be there? Will they remember that they were our old pets if they are there? Will they have the same personalities? Um, you love animals. This is an important question for us to dig into. And we're going to actually ask that question in church. Will my pet be in heaven? Yes or no? And we're going to think about it seriously. Will heaven ever get boring? I mean, eternity's a long time, guys. Will there ever be a day that I have experienced everything? And then everything again. And then everything again. And then now I've done everything to the point that I'm tired of doing everything. I mean, eternity is a long, long time. Will we run out of experiences? Will the experience be dimmed over time? We're going to approach this. Um, we'll probably bring in some of the like current cultural like ways that that the world thinks about these types of ideas and dispel um, some of their their false premises there. Uh, will there be entertainment in heaven? Like movies, games, sports, extreme sports, fast cars. Will there be recreation, artistic expression? Will musicians play new songs there? Will, and then I'm asking this question, and Mary Karen's like, will all, all music be Christian music there? Like, I know what she means by that, right? Like, will all music be worship music and you're looking at a thing? Like, will there be like, we're riding with the top down on the weekend music there? Or is it like, does it count if Christians make the music, but it's 
not necessarily a worship song? Is it still Christian music? Like, what, what type of creativity and freedom of, of expression will there be there? Um, which leads to the next one. Will there be fashion in heaven? Um, or will it, in Mary's words, will it only be long robes? <laughs> I like that question because I think a lot of people might think, well, it's only going to be long robes, right? Long white ones. We'll answer that question or attempt to answer that question. Will our dreams be fulfilled? Will we have an opportunity to experience opportunities that were missed here? Is it true that truly there's nothing that will be missed for Christians? And then some questions that I have because I'm a nerd. I'm like, will there be engineering there? Will there be craftsmanship there? Will there be technology there? Like, can I write code there? Is there going to be like an opportunity for me to try to hack things there? Like, legitimate question. If it's something that you love and enjoy, will it be there? If God made you and gave you a desire and a creativity for things, is that going to go away? Like, that's the heart of that type of question there. And then, um, well, not really last, but we're there. We're, we're close. Will there be babies in heaven? Uh, perhaps babies who have died, babies that were aborted, babies whose parents are not there because the parents didn't believe in Jesus. Like, does Scripture give us any guide there? Will we be able to explore the universe? What types of experiences will there be there? What types of adventures await us there? Uh, so we will close there. I'm going to close this in prayer. Um, if you have any questions that I have not answered tonight, um, please give them to me afterwards. Um, I'll add them to my list, um, or they may fit in somewhere in the list, and I just need to, to augment it. Um, so uh, y'all be praying for me as we approach this. Again, I want to kind of put forward this, and then we'll be done. That my hope for this is that we can that we can use our imagination, that we can be free to use our imagination. God's given it to us, and that Scripture will be our guide and our guardrails when we're considering how to answer these questions. And that in so doing, that we would have a clearer picture of the hope that God has set before us. Um, that it will help and encourage us to run this race more faithfully.